Amen. Thank you, Jeff. Well, again, good morning and such a great day to be in the house of the Lord to worship Him. I know that our people online are not able to uh, see us. We've had major uh, network difficulties, and so I apologize. I know my wife is not feeling well today, and she's at home. She was hoping to uh, catch us online. So, you know, people probably home going, the election didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. The pandemic is still on us, and I can't even watch my church online. I mean, you know, I know it's hard. And a lot of you come today. I know your hearts are heavy. I know there's, um, I, know, I know there's a lot of weight, a lot of heaviness on many of you and your heart. And just want you to know, we love you. We're praying for you, praying for our nation, knowing that God is sovereign, that God is uh, in control. And when I say that, that is not a flippant statement. That is a, a theological construct upon which our faith is built, that God is sovereign over all, over all elections, over all nations, over everything, and his will uh, will be accomplished. The last I checked, I mean, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but Romans 8, 28, I think it's still in the Bible. You, you know what I'm saying? All things work together for good to them who love God, to those who are called according uh, to his uh, purpose. Um, I do want to just echo what Terry said. Appreciate so much our veterans. So many of you men and women served us so valiantly and continue to do so. When I say veterans, I'm thinking about all the five armed forces. Now there's a new one. There's a sixth one. There's a space force now that I'm learning more about, as well as our wonderful police and personnel. So we just appreciate all of them. I want to say a special thanks to them. We have people that would be watching us. There's a a man in New York who's dying of cancer who's been watching us faithfully for many months, and I wish I could give him a greeting, as well as friends in Hawaii who are watching us faithfully every, every Sunday, I should say, every Sunday. So we, sorry I can't greet them out there, but y'all help me if they are contacting you on your phone like they are me. I can't see it. Where is it? I'm like, we're here. You just can't, uh, you just can't see us. One more word before we get into the word. Uh, this Tuesday, just a couple of days from now, I'll be preaching over at Hyde Park uh, Baptist Church for the annual meeting of the Southern Baptist of Texas Convention. Do ask your prayers for me as I preach a message entitled The Moment of Truth, and I'll preach that at 11 o'clock. And then that night around 645, uh, we're going to have a, uh, a wonderful prayer meeting. And so I'm inviting you, if you have some time, at 645 at Hyde Park Baptist Church, pastored by my good friend Kai Bowman. We're going to gather together and pray together and have a wonderful worship service uh, together. So today, we're not in the book of Acts. We're in the book of 1 Corinthians. So I invite you to turn with me. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 11, wonderful text that the Apostle Paul focuses solely upon the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist. Uh, as some would call it. Actually, that is a very accurate way to describe what we're about to do. Uh, ooh is good, charis is grace, good grace. This is a time where we celebrate the good, sovereign grace of God extended to us and proclaimed in the Lord's table, the Lord's Supper. And so I do hope you'll have your little, uh, your little cup. There is a little plastic tab on the front, and that is the key that unlocks the mystery to this wafer and to this juice. I promise you, there is a, fi a fine, thin film of plastic. And once you pull that up, there that little wafer is. And then right underneath that will be the juice. And we're going to obey the Lord's commandment here in a moment. We're going to eat the bread. We're going to drink the juice. And why do we do that? Well, I could ask the same question. Why do we baptize people? Those are the two ordinances, commandments that we uh, very conspicuously follow from Christ corporately. And that is baptism uh, and the Lord's Supper. And both of these are public 
conspicuous demonstrations of a faith that is unseen. You know, our faith, just like our Savior right now, is unseen. He is in heaven, alive and well. Our faith resides within our heart. But when we come together and do things like this, where we take physical bread and a substance and a juice and we partake of that, what we're saying publicly, palpably, with our lives, that our faith is real to us. Jesus Christ is our King and we love Him and we celebrate Him today. So here we are in 1 Corinthians. I love this passage of scripture. I'm going to look at verses uh, uh, 23 through 26. When Paul says, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had eucharisteo is the Greek word there. It's where you get this English word eucharist. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. He broke the bread and he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do, isn't that interesting? Not do this, but he turned it around and said, this do. I just love that. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now look at verse 26, Great Hills. I love, love this passage of scripture. For as often as you eat the bread, eat this bread and drink this cup, you kata angelo, you become angelic messengers. You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So what I wanna do with you, just kind of a homily, just walk through this passage of scripture with you. And there are six phrases that I've taken right from our main text. And these phrases just leapt off the page to me. Now, if you were preaching the sermon, you may have chosen six different phrases and that's okay. But these are the ones that the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, when I was reading it this week and I've studied this passage, I've preached this passage, but never preached this passage this way before. And so the first one is this, freely receive and freely give. Do you see that in verse 23? The Apostle Paul does not elaborate or tell us how he received this from the Lord, but he did. Was it a direct revelation? Was it through John or Peter? How did Paul receive this message of the Eucharist, of the Lord's Supper? He doesn't elaborate on it, he just says it like this. I have received this body of knowledge. I have this deep understanding of what Jesus Christ has commissioned and commanded us to do. On the night that he was betrayed in John chapter 13, he washes the disciples' feet and then he gathers them together and Judas is there in the midst of them and then Judas departs to go prepare, watch this, to prepare to betray Jesus Christ. Jesus knows all of this and he institutes the Lord's Supper, watch this, and has the wherewithal to give God thanks, to thank God in the midst or the crucible of imminent suffering. Paul says, I've received this and now I want to freely give you this. If we receive only, then we become full, but not fulfilled. And if we give only, we become empty and ineffective. So this binary aspect this little couplet here of we freely receive this, 
I, I call it like a conduit, conduitology. And I think we are at our best as Sea of Galilee Christians. We receive God's grace. We receive this body of knowledge, this information, and we partake of it. And then it changes our lives and the way we live. And we freely give, I tell you, everything God has entrusted to us, our very lives, our resources, our church, the knowledge of the word of God, all of this, it's a gift from God to be shared. We are not to become selfish or to hoard it. We are to, we have freely received, Paul says, and now I'm freely giving it away. And, and you know, when I was thinking about this message, I was thinking also about um, when, when you take the bread, you take the juice, you, you take um, the baptism, you take the water, you take your finances, your resources. And, and when you give those to the Lord, and we're gonna do this November 22nd, two weeks from today. If you haven't been to Great Hills on that day, it, it is a fun day. I don't know how we're gonna do it all socially distanced and all that kind of craziness, but wear your mask, be kind of socially distanced and come and bring your offering to the Lord. Look, when you do that, it's like you're putting feet to your prayers. It's like you're putting uh, uh, skin on, on the bone. It's like you're, you're saying, look, my faith to me is not something that is just private to me, that is personal to me. My faith to me is all important to me and I am publicly demonstrating my faith in God. I'm just, I'm so excited, but I'm so thrilled. And we had somebody we were supposed to baptize today, but COVID strikes again, you know, and so we had to postpone. But what a beautiful ordinance to observe his table and then baptism. Okay, freely give, freely receive. Number two, given thanks in verse 24. And when he had given thanks. How hard is it for you to give thanks today? You say, well, it's really actually pretty hard. You know, I said a moment ago, there's a lot going on in our nation, a lot going on in your life, a lot going on in maybe your marriage. And to have the spiritual wherewithal to do what Jesus did is so praiseworthy. Look, he was about to be mutilated. He was about to be crucified with the most horrific, excruciating pain, torture known to man. Watch this. And in the midst of that, he says, I give God thanks. I give God the Father thanks because look, if Jesus Christ can pray that on the eve of his execution, you and I can give thanks to God in the aftermath of this election. Now, I know that's deep, and I know that takes a spiritual wherewithal and, and an awareness of the sovereignty of God, the power of God, and, and, and I pastor a lot of people. I pastor a lot of Democrats. I pastor a lot of Republicans and independents, and some of you are just sitting there, you know, you're about to bust. You're so excited, and, and most of you aren't, but I just wanted to tell you something. God be praised. God be glorified. He is in control. He is absolutely in control. Ephesians 5.20, oh my word, this passage really rocks my spiritual world when it says, give thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, you made that up. No, I didn't. In the midst of, now look, God's not commanding you and me to say, oh, I got COVID-19. Woohoo, thank you, Lord. Or, or my friend just died in a car wreck. Woohoo, thank you, Lord. No, 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 come on. But what is he saying? That even though I may have COVID, God, I give you praise because you're in control. And even though, Lord, my friend may have passed away, 
in this car wreck. I'm praying, God, for them and thanking you, God, the things I don't understand, you understand completely, so I'm trusting in you. Do you, do you, feel, do you feel that? Do you see that? The next one is broken for you. There it is, number three, broken for you. Look at verse 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, take and eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Now, let's just stop there for just a minute. What is he talking about? This is on the eve of his execution, his crucifixion. Jesus knows what's about to happen. And Jesus also knows that out of his suffering, you and I are gonna be born again unto eternal life. You see, it's so funny about, about the Lord. I mean, we, we, we get all discouraged and down and worried and, and fretting and God's in heaven going, what are you worried about? I'm still on the throne and I'm gonna make all things work together. You just have to trust me. And here Jesus is saying, my body is about to be mangled and broken upon a stick of wood. A vertical beam bisected with a horizontal beam. What am I describing, church? The cross, the cross of Jesus Christ. My body will be broken for you. And I'm going through our city, I see so many people wearing a cross necklace. Maybe you see them with cross uh, bracelets or anklets or wherever, or tattoos. And whenever I see a cross, I stop what I'm doing. They may not know what that represents. I was at the U-Haul station this week. Somebody help me. Have you moved lately? Has anybody moved your furniture and your things lately? Can I get a witness? Can I, can I get somebody helping me in my suffering? I mean, we, we moved. And Ashley and I, brilliant idea that we had, said we're going to do all that we can, and then we'll just hire some professional people to do what? The heavy lifting. Oh, my word. Nine and a half years, I got stuff I didn't even realize existed in my house. And I'm like, what? Who am I? I've become the progressive, you know, the... the, the <laughs> The insurance, I've become my parents. I mean, I'm, I'm hoarding everything. And so, <laughs> I, what is happening? So we go get this U-Haul and I'm standing there in line. I know what's coming before me. I mean, this is gonna be some work. And I, I think that's why Ashley's not feeling good. She did get COVID testing the other night. She doesn't have it, praise the Lord. But she's just exhausted. And, and this lady has a, a, a cross necklace. And I forgot everything about moving. I got so excited about that cross. I think I really disturbed her. I really do because I was like, whoa, you got a cross on. I love that symbol. That represents Jesus Christ who died and arose from the dead. She's like, okay, thank you very much. And I was like, but it's the truth. And I was so excited to, 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 to bear witness for him. Um, oh, it happened again. I, I saw the cross. Oh, yeah, it's coming to me. Here it comes. I, well, we got a new car, and um, one day this week, I, I, I opened up the, the car, I turned it on, and everything was talking to me. Lights were flashing. Go to the dealer. Go to the dealer. You got major malfunction, major malfunction, major problems. I was like, what is going on? This, this is a brand new car, and, I, and I, was, I was driving it. I was nervous. I was like, am I about to have a wreck or whatever? We take it to the dealer, $550 later said you had a squirrel that came up and eat away the wiring of your sensors. I wanted to strangle some rodents. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm ready to lay hands on these things. And I'm like, well, what do y'all do? What do you do in times like that? 
I mean, you got COVID, you got problems, you got, you're moving and you're, you got this and that and all this. And then the rodent eats away the wine. Why don't we just throw our hands up in the air and just eat a bunch of lemons and suck some persimmons and let's just die. I tell you, it's just awful, awful. awful. No, I'm not going to do that. I saw that lady wearing a cross. I said, oh ma'am, you've got a cross on. She goes, yeah, yeah. I got so excited. Well, look, whenever I see the cross, it doesn't matter what's going on in my life, I get excited because I know that no matter how bad it is now, because Jesus died and lives, I am eternally blessed. And so are you, if you know him. All right, let me get moving. This do, verse 25. Oh, I love that. Such a simple, clear commandment in verse 25. This I want you to do. Now, some things we don't know about God's will for our lives. And I've been thinking a lot, I've been writing a lot about the will of God recently. And if you read my daily devotions, if you don't, we'd love for you to get them. They're free. We got 6,300 people now reading these daily devotions. And I just camped out last week on the will of God. What is the will of God? I love it when God spells out his will so conspicuous, so clearly, be baptized, be born again, observe the Lord's Supper, love your neighbor, go to church, love your spouse. And those are just really, really clear. But what about the unclear, the, the, the areas where we just can't ascertain and figure out where the Spirit of God is. Is he asking us to take this job or are we supposed to apply for that job? Uh, you're, you're single and you're like, whoa, I'm really interested in dating her. Is she interested in dating me? Could she be the one? She may not be the one. Am I supposed to live in this neighborhood? Am I supposed to go in that neighborhood? Hey, anybody with me? Anybody ever struggle with that? What is the will of God? Well, I wanna help you with that. When, oh, this is good, good. Listen to this, ready? Oh, here it comes. When you obey the clear will of God for your life, he will make clear the areas that you don't understand. And he will, he will just guide you along. And as you just line up and obey him, this do, you're about to do it. You're about to obey the will of God for your life. If you're a Christian, then you are going to eat the bread, drink the juice as a direct act of obedience from Jesus to your heart, to my heart and my life. And I just want to tell you something. Just prepare to be blessed. God loves it when his kids just obey him. Obey him. Give him thanks in the midst of your suffering. Remember his sacrifice. Take that piece of wafer and just take it. You may just want to do it in a moment ago and say, God, I'm suffering, I'm struggling, but you told me this is important, so I'm just going to... I'm just going to honor you, God, and I'm going to do what you've clearly told me to do. And watch what God will do. God will bless you. I'm telling you, he will. He, he loves obedience. Some of you, this is a sec. I, I, for some of you today, you didn't want to come to church today. You're just, I'm just mad. I'm just mad. I'm, I'm having a hard time. And, and, and this is the best possible place you could be because you're reminded of how awesome God is and you're reminded of the blood of Jesus shed for you and his body broken for you. Come on now, this, let's do it. Let's observe these elements. Okay, a couple more. Um, number five is you proclaim. 
Now, verse 26 says, you katangelo, angelo, it's the root word for angel. Did y'all catch that? I'm telling you, some of you, this is the closest you'll ever to become an angel. <laughs> right here, right now. You're gonna be angelic. Really, the root word, angelos, it literally means a messenger. And so you're going to be a preacher today, a proclamation. Some of your kids are going to be watching you, Mom. And they're going to be saying, what are you doing? Why are you drinking that? Why are you eating that? Why can't I eat that? I mean, you may be sitting next to somebody who cannot partake of the Lord's Supper today. They just don't know the Lord or they just are... They're just in a tough way, and they would say, I will refrain. And you, as a witness next to them, you partake. You and I are going to proclaim to one another the Lord's death. And, and as we do this, we are saying we believe. We believe that Jesus died. We believe he rose from the dead. And then the final thing I want to share with you tonight or today is this one. I love this next part, until he comes. Did y'all see that in verse 26? Paul says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are proclaimers, you're preachers, you're heralds, you're sending forth the message, and here's what you are proclaiming. You're proclaiming Jesus' death until he comes again. Wow. Until he comes again. I told you last week, and I want to tell you again, I, I, just, I just love the theological doctrine of the second coming of Jesus. I'm, I get so excited. He, he may really come back in our lifetime, and I, I believe that with all of my heart. And if he does, then I want to be ready. I want to be found faithfully uh, shepherding Great Hills Baptist Church. I want to be found faithfully loving my wife and my family, sharing the gospel with those who don't know him. When he, when he comes... When he comes, may we be found faithful, serving him, sacrificing on his behalf, proclaiming the good news of his gospel. Jesus said, if I go and prepare a place for you, y'all ready for this? John 14, 3, he either, he either said it and meant it or he didn't. Look, I will come again. Woo, come on now. I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Now watch this one, Acts chapter 1, 9 through 11. We just preached on this, or, or 1, 10, 11. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as Jesus ascended, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. These are angels. Angelos means messenger. Most of the time when you see an angel in the Bible, they are there for a purpose to deliver a message. Who also said, men of Galilee. Why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up, watch this, he was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner. Just as he ascended to the Father in heaven, he's going to come back just as you saw him go into heaven. Not only am I excited about preaching the second coming and I'm excited about incorporating the return of Christ into my evangelism. Now, let me share this quick story. Then we're going to observe the elements. So fun. So, um, yeah, back to the move. Oh, boy. So we moved, um, was it Monday? It was the first night in our apartment. 
and while our house is being built in Liberty Hill in the Santa Rita Ranch area. Now, just to dispel any rumors or confusion, I'm still going to be the pastor at Great Hills Baptist Church. I, I just want you all to know that if you'll still uh, have me, I was sharing this with the deacons. It's funny how rumors get, get spread and things start going out. Well, you're moving. Where are you going? What are you going to do? So we hope to plant another campus in the Liberty Hill area. I would love to do that. I've been praying about that. I have fasted and prayed and sought the heart of God. The best I can hear from the Lord, it's the Lord's will that we do that, that we expand our reach and plant another church in that Liberty Hill uh, area. And so we're, we're, we're moving, we're getting into the apartment, and, and these guys that, that moved us, three young guys, strong as ox, and they're lifting all this heavy weight, and so when it was over, here's what I did. I cornered them. I got them in a corner. And I said, I want to talk to you guys. You, how would you like to be the mover at my house? Do you think you're going to get the gospel or what? I'm telling you, friend, you come to my house and fix something, which happens a lot, all right? And when it happens, I'm going to share the gospel with you. And because you're in my house and I get an opportunity. Anyhow, we, we moved Jeffrey after we took them out, took your stuff, put it over there. They all, and they're like, well, thank you so much. Here's the bill. Uh, $88,000 is all we're charging you today, but here you go. And I was like, okay, thank you. Gave me the bill. And I said, y'all hold on just a second. I want to do something for you. And they're like, okay, what, what's up? So Ashley and I gave them a very large tip. Each, each one of them, they're like, dude, really? Said, yes, give me a tip. $5 a piece, that's not a whole lot, but you know what I'm saying, it's a big, big tip. No, we had more than that. And I said, guys, I, I, I just thank y'all. Y'all have done a great job for us, moved us. God's obviously blessed you with a lot of health and strength. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. For just a couple of minutes, I, I want to tell you the most important thing in my life. You know, God loves you men and he loves me. And the Bible tells us this because it says, for God so loved the world. Y'all with me? Y'all know where this is going? That he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's the good news. The bad news is we're sinners. We've been separated from God. And then we shared about the good news again of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And then I said it. And I haven't said this in a long time. And I said, you men, I just want y'all to know something. He's coming back. And when I said that, their eyes got like that big around. I don't know that people know this doctrine. I don't know if people really realize that the same Jesus who created the universe and died for it is coming back for it. And so when I shared that with them, it was like, it was like a holy hush came over them. I prayed over them, blessed them, and they went on their way. And I told my wife, Ashley, later, I said, Ashley, if the Lord comes in our lifetime and they don't go with him, they're going to remember me. And they're going to remember what I said. And I, maybe, maybe it's then that they give their hearts uh, to the Lord. So we are going to proclaim his death until he comes. Not only with our voices and our personal witness and our public proclamation, but today we're going to do this right here and right now. Is everybody ready? Are y'all excited? I'm excited. I know it's a powerful moment for the church to be able to take off this little piece of uh, plastic Let's go ahead and do it. You ready? Do you have your, uh, does everybody have one of these? Um, you may not. Let me just check, double check. 
look, you're going to have to take your mask off to do this, all right? I'm sorry, but you can't, uh, you, you can't do this without taking your mask off. If you feel comfortable in taking your mask, if you don't, then leave your mask on and just tuck it up underneath there somehow, all right? All right, here we go. Take that plastic little top off. This will be key. It looks like that. It's very, very thin, razor thin, all right? Does anybody need some help with doing that? Everybody good? You good? Can you show it to me? Can you lift it up and show it to me? All right, God bless y'all. All All right, got it? All right, let's go back to the text. 1 Corinthians 11, 24, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So let's, first of all, let's do this. Father, we thank you. We praise you. Jesus, we love you. We're doing this all for your glory and all for your name and for your fame. Lord, many of the folks here today are doing this as a sheer act of obedience because, Lord, their hearts are heavy, their minds are weighed down with disappointment and hurt and concern. And I just thank you for their spiritual wherewithal, God, that right here, right now, we're going to honor you and we're going to praise you. We're going to obey you and we're going to say right now, Jesus, we love you and thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, and let's eat. In the same manner, meaning the same context, same setting, same supper, after Jesus said, this is my body uh, that is broken for you, do this in remembrance of me, verse 25 says, he also took the cup. He took the cup after supper and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Now the cup itself was not the new covenant, right? The cup was a cup. It was a chalice. It was made of raw material that that held a liquid substance. And the reason I'm emphasizing this is because what is sacred is the body of Jesus broken and the blood shed for us. The bread, the cup, the juice, the wine, whatever it is that you're using, all of that points to Jesus. You You see where I'm going with this? It's not the actual body and blood of Jesus, but it represents the body and blood. Look, the cup was just a cup. That wasn't the covenant, right? It represents, it points to the covenant. And so that's what we're doing here today. We are recognizing the significance of our faith. Our whole faith is contingent upon what Jesus did that night. And then that next morning as he died on the cross, his body was broken, then his blood was shed for us And it was the new covenant. And he said, this is the new covenant in my blood. This do, hmm, as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So church, let's take off this other little tab. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Aren't you ready? Let's drink it in remembrance of Christ.
I love what we're about to do next. We're going to take a couple of minutes because I finished early. It can be done. Great Hills. Miracles happen, right? <laughs> Brother Danny can preach a 20-minute sermon. Y'all were, y'all, were, y'all were amazed that I could do that. I'm amazed that I can do that. But what we're going to do, Jeff and the team are going to come up this time. Jeff, I think we got two songs. Is that right? One of them's more contemplative. Another one's a little more celebratory. How about that? Contemplative, celebratory, and then we're going to march out of here in victory, in peace. And uh, before they actually start singing, I, I just got to say this to you. While they're coming and while we're getting ready, look, these, these are exciting days in which to be alive. This could, this could very well be... Um, is, is I'm, I'm going to preach on Tuesday, this could very well be our, our moment of truth, our moment in time where we get to stand for what we really believe. It may involve suffering. It, it especially may involve suffering for me, and I'm, I'm at peace with that. And if it is, then it is. Then I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to be faithful to the Lord. I'm going to preach His Word. I want to speak truth in love. If you're here today and you don't have that confident peace and assurance that Jesus is Lord of your life right here, right now, I would invite you to receive him, to thank him for his death, praise him for his resurrection, and tell him, say, Lord, we did this just a couple weeks ago, and a young man, 27 years of age, prayed to receive Christ, just met with him this week, and um, talking to him about baptism. He said, Brother Danny, when you prayed that prayer, I prayed it with you, and I gave my life to the Lord. Let me do that with you all right now. Let's do this. All right, let's do this. Bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. And Jeff, as soon as I say amen, y'all come on and sing. Woo! You're here and you're like, I'm ready. Ready to give my life to the Lord. You may be a child right here, right now, and you understand clearly that God loves you and you are a sinner. And Jesus died for your sins and arose from the dead. And Jesus is knocking on your heart's door saying, let me in. Let me forgive you. Let me save you. Let me give you this peace that passes understanding. So why don't you pray with me? You may be a single adult. You may be uh, an elderly person. You may be rich. You may be poor. But the gospel is for all of us. You can pray quietly, silently, in your heart right here, right now, and just say, Dear God, I thank you for loving me. Dear God, I know I am a sinner. Nobody has to convince me of that. Please forgive me. I trust you as my Savior today. I turn from my sins, and by faith, I'm inviting you into my life. I give you my life. I want to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Jeff.